you know when you're working a night shift and it's 3 a.m. and it's like, are we drunk or delirious? I'm Emily. And I'm Hannah. And you're listening to Drunk or Delirious, a night shift podcast. room and you don't want to wake them up with the bright overhead lights but you need to turn on a light to see what the hell you're doing now there's a solution you have to try lumify's unite light i love my unite light seriously a game changer if you work the night shift like we have for years it's super small and clips to your scrub top has three different color settings and emits enough light to illuminate your workspace check iv sites vent checks honestly you name it in the middle of the night the Unite Light was created by healthcare workers, our amazing friends Jen and Anthony over at Lumify, for healthcare workers. You can get your own Unite Light or anything in the Lumify marketplace for 10% off with our discount code DODPODLUMIFY. That's D-O-D-P-O-D-L-U-M-I-F-Y to get 10% off your order today. Well, welcome, Cash. Welcome to our podcast. We're so excited to have you on. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here, Emily and Hannah. Thank you. Absolutely. This is going to be great. Um, We normally just start the episodes by having our guests tell us a little bit about themselves, um, your background, where you're from, anything you want to share. Awesome. My name is Cash Calderon. I am a registered nurse in New York City, and I'm a cardiac neuropediatric nurse. Oh, wow. Yeah. A little bit more about me. I am Puerto Rican, Ecuadorian. I'm one of four, so super family-oriented. We're all really close to, like, our siblings. And uh, I love doing backflips. I've (laughs) coined myself the international backflipper. Everywhere I go, I'm always trying to hit a back tuck and, like, create, like, some – that's, like, kind of, like, create, like – I create, like, a a brand name out of that. That's I love it. <laughs> Sam, where did you learn to do backflips? It all started when I was 10. You know, my mom taught me. She was a gymnast in high school. Uh, and I remember just, and I had just a backyard with a trampoline. And it all started from when I was 10. It's been really awesome because I, now I do backflips and I just I just throw it anywhere and it just leads to a conversation. And um, I like that. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. You initially like caught our eye because you tagged us in that video of you doing a backflip after night shift and I was like okay this guy gets it he gets what the podcast is about <laughs> so <funny. laughs> to a T <laughs> that's I know that's another reason why I'm so excited to be on this podcast because I feel like I really resonate with the message that you guys portray um especially like that, that video it was after a 12 and a half hour shift and I'm just on my merry way home, and I stopped by to get some groceries, and I just, it's literally, I love the name of it, Drunk or Delirious, because, you know, when people that don't know that I was at work, they're like, man, this guy is just banging back the beers at, like, 8.30 in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm like, no, I, that's just exhaustion. It's just Yeah. Yeah. Pure. And sometimes it's both. Yeah. Like, you come after night shift, and you're like, I need a beer. Now. Exactly. No. And you are drunk at eight o'clock, but you know. Oh my god, I did try that one time. Like, I was on my way home. I stopped to get a 
that was all a funny story. I was at Penn Station, and I was um, I bought a beer. Oh, by the way, obviously the liquor store is not open at eight o'clock in the morning, but like it's Penn Station, so there's definitely gonna be like a kiosk that's open, right? So I go there, and um, I'm just looking at like different IPAs, and NYPD cop is there, and he dr- dramatically looks at his watch, and he's like, "It's a little early for a beer, isn't it?" And I was like, <laughs> I look at my watch dramatic. I'm like, I've been awake since four o'clock yesterday. He's like, oh, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're like, do not judge yes. me. <laughs> As Nurse Blake says, I'm assessing, not judging. Exactly. Love it. God bless him. That's so much. <laughs> that is. That's really funny. Uh-huh. Yeah, I really do resonate with that as well because sometimes you really need a drink. Do you feel, though, when you're drinking right after a night shift, like, it hits you a little harder because you're you're already really tired. Oh yeah. yeah. It's like slap happy times a million. You're just like, uh, like it's almost really... like you're at elevation, you know, like mm-hmm. how you get drunker faster when you're like in, in Denver, Denver where Emily is or something like that. Like it feels almost like that. Like it's it's like double. Okay. I'm happy I'm not because I'm already a lightweight as it is. So then when you throw on <laughs> being tired, I'm like that one beer, you know, like it Oh my god, yeah. You get so much, I get so tired, I'm like, okay, this was a really good idea, but, like, now I have to get home, and I'm so sleepy. Yeah, it's, there have been plenty of stories of just, like, or, like, I I made, I went to Dunkin' Donuts one time after a night shift, and I was, like, so happy-go-lucky friendly with the Dunkin' Donuts employee, like, he probably thought, like, I was on something, because I asked (laughs) for his name, his name's Rafi. And I just kept on using his name where it was like, probably, he probably was annoyed by me by the end of the time. But I was like, thank you so much, Rafi. Like, I love Dunkin' Donuts. Like, this is great. <laughs> oh, man. I even put him in my TikTok, too. I was like, look over here. Now I'm at Dunkin' Donuts. Oh, my God. <laughs> it, was, it was a lot. But I love the energy. Thank you. <laughs> I do, too. That's so funny. <laughs> do you work only nights or do you do both? Yeah. So I am full-time nights. I just started being a nurse. So... I was a, um, like I said, I went to Muhlenberg College, which is in Allentown, Pennsylvania, and that is where I got my bachelor's degree in public health, and then uh, it was around my junior year that I was like, I'm going to start taking PRX for nursing, and kind of like fell into, like I knew I wanted to go to college or something in the healthcare field, not knowing exactly what yet. I did shadow a handful of different doctors just in case I really like wanted to make sure I didn't want to be a doctor. And um, I think the biggest difference with the going the doctor route or going like the nurse route was I really like how um, I could use my professional speaking skills in a bedside nursing way. Uh, as you guys probably picked up, like you guys seem really extroverted. Like I like talking to people. You guys clearly like talking to people. And uh, I think I just like creating genuine connections where I can. And um, that's kind of where nursing fell in. And of course, already goes with like the background in science that I like and healthcare. So combining that with where my personality could shine, I've already had like a handful of successful like patient interactions where they were just really happy that I took care of their child because I made their child feel good, which obviously makes the parent feel good, especially in a very intense setting like a hospital where no one wants to be there, you know, and we don't want them to be there. Um, so. After Muhlenberg, I went to nursing school at Johns Hopkins School of Nursing in Baltimore, Maryland, and uh, fell in love with Old Bay seasoning there too, if you guys haven't had that. (laughs) 
so good. Delicious. Yeah. It they they go Baltimore goes really intense with their Old Bay. I I found Old Bay chips. I was like, okay, you just put that thing on anything. It's like their whole identity there. I feel it like. really is. It, it really is like they're. But it's bomb. Yeah, well, for good reason too. They have good crabs. Um, so yeah, I went to Johns Hopkins and I did their entry into MSN program, which is uh, just awesome. a program for it's twenty two months. And it's for anyone that has a non-nursing bachelor's degree, and they just do the prerequisites. And they, that's what I did. Uh, I went at a very unique yeah. time, too. It was before the pandemic and then into the pandemic. So it was okay. January 2020 is when I started. But this, oh, God. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I graduated college in May 2019 and then uh, did a couple more prereqs and worked a little bit. Started in January 2020, got to know some people in real life, and then went to Zoom. And I think that it was just such a unique experience because now that you, it's like you know some people, but then you don't know some people because you had that opportunity to meet them in person. And um, at the same time, our school was going, was under reconstruction to create like new sim labs and new classrooms and new like student lobbies. And we just never got to experience it. And then when we graduated, they opened it up the semester later, and we we're like, so close, so close. Oh my gosh! But, uh, what a unique time to like go to nursing school. Mm-hmm. Did it make you uh, second guess your choice at all, or were you like, this is why I chose what I chose? That's a good question. I uh, I think because we were all we were given the option to take like a like a medical leave if we wanted to, uh, like push back a semester, and I didn't I didn't want to because I feel like. The ner- like I feel like in general, as you guys know, nursing is so unpredictable. So to be able to go through schooling in the unpredictability was just preparing me for what maybe nursing in real life would be like. So I did not do that. Um, I stuck through it and I graduated August 2021. And uh, it was great. I, I, have, I love nursing school, which is I feel like such a unpopular thing to say. Hot take. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But it was said no one ever. <laughs> yeah, said no one ever. I think, but I really think it was the people that made nursing school nursing school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's fair. I like I loved my time in nursing school with my best friends, but like didn't love actual nursing school. But like loved Got living. It. I was in San Francisco. Like just loved my life at that time was amazing but yeah. did you do it tradi- like four year traditional or did you, was it your second degree um it was my first like four, kind of four year traditional like i went to school for a year um as like a health science major down in southern california and like knew i wanted to do nursing so went like home for a year and did all my prereqs at community college and then got into the nursing school up in san francisco and then um, was there for three years so instead of four it was five but um, nice yeah was it uni- yeah university of sam Cal- california is it like C- like what, what what where in san francisco what is it called <laughs> um it was uh san francisco state university it wasn't like cal or um there's usf as well but um oh. but cal doesn't have a nursing okay yeah cool um, but it was great i love san francisco so, I have to go visit. For whatever reason, fun. Hopkins really recruits like a lot of West Coasters. So I have like three friends from San Francisco, like or like Bay Area, and they love California. They they went back. So yeah, actually, my 
best friend from nursing school's like childhood best friend went to Johns Hopkins for either her master's or her doctorate. Nice. I can't remember. Yeah. What's her name? It'd be a long shot if I knew, but it doesn't hurt. Sarah Cox. Are you serious right now? Yeah, you know Sarah Cox? No, but how cool would it be if I did? <laughs> oh, I was like, oh my god! <laughs> Rude! <laughs> the girl! <laughs> that would be oh, Sarah Cox. That's funny. <laughs> if, when you hit- I know, she's like, what? <laughs> she doesn't even listen to this. <laughs> oh, that's oh, funny. funny. Um, yeah, I did a four-year program, too. Um, so what? besides it being really compact in 22 months, like, what are the other differences between – and, like, do you, like you have your MSN, right? right? Yeah. So are you able to, like, do more with the master's? Or, what? like, what are the differences between BSN and mm-hmm. master's, I guess? I get – that's a common question I get. I, I think the first reaction I get is people wonder if I'm a, a nurse practitioner, a master's level nurse practitioner. I I am a registered nurse, take the NCLEX RN. Uh, The main differences that I've noticed with a BSN and MSN um, in New York State is there is like a little bit of a pay bump when you do like your first job. Um, I remember like after the interview, the talent acquisition manager asked me if I had a bachelor's or if I had a master's. And then I was like, why does it matter? And she's like, it's just a little bit of a pay bump, which is cool. Um, I know leadership wise, they do... There is like you climb the clinical ladder a little bit like faster. They say um, obviously you need experience either way, but um, I think that is what helped. That that's something that's different. They also said at least for my program, Hopkins has a DMP program. So when you get your master's through there, there's 16 credits towards the DMP already, which is like maybe I think three classes. So I am thinking about going back to school eventually. I don't know if Hopkins or if somewhere closer. But uh, mm-hmm. that's something that I keep on, like, you know, back of the back, on the back burner uh, if I wanted yeah. to do that. Um, but, yeah, ent- so entry into M- – it's just MSN, RN, but it's still an RN. I'm not a nurse practitioner. Yeah. Okay. Do you think you'd go back to be a, a nurse practitioner when you go back to school or if you go back to school? Yeah, no, I'm thinking about it. I, I, I would cool. do FNP. Um, a nice. couple of my friends are doing, the like, PNP route right now mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I like working with kids but I'd rather just like broaden it to also include adults and I feel like there's more I could do like there's like just like more scope behind it sure so that's something I'm thinking about doing down the line uh, I think that what's so cool about nursing is there's so many routes to go with it because with the MSN I thought I'll be able to be a nurse educator like the people at least from us like a nurse educator does the uh like orientation, the whole orientation mm-hmm. process for new grads. Um, mm-hmm. But I would actually need to go back to school to get like, it's an MSN hyphen ED is I would mm-hmm. what I would need, which. Okay. So master's in nursing education. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I don't, it kind of just happened to be honest with you. I think because it was Hopkins, I was just, I immediately was like, let's just do it, you know? And I wasn't really uh I didn't really apply. I think I applied to like NYU's accelerated program and uh, Pace University. It's just another school in New York. Um, mm-hmm. But it was kind of a quick decision. I feel like, I don't know. I feel like it could be really spontaneous. So as soon as I got that yes, I was like, let's go to Baltimore. <laughs> like I feel like that too. I feel like if it feels right, you're like, yeah, that sounds great. Let's do it. Yes. I Yeah. I have done that with, I only got, well, I applied to several nursing 
let me take that back. I applied to what San Francisco State for that quarter, that semester, and then was going to apply for everything else the next round because I had to have like organic chemistry or something to be able to apply anywhere else. Uh, and I got into SF State and was like, cool. All right. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. I'm not going to apply anywhere else. Like why? Yeah. And you didn't have to take organic for that, right? Um, I was already taking it, but I actually really liked organic chemistry. That's a <laughs> um, popular opinion. I know that is an unpopular opinion for sure, but I really liked it more than normal chemistry. Good for you, Emily. You know, Crazy. I actually don't know how I did what I did because I, you know, one of the questions that you guys had on here was like the NCLEX and like the journey to the NCLEX, right? Mm-hmm. But like mm-hmm. you, you love organic chemistry. I'm, I think because of what I've always been a big advocate of like talking about your failures and like making that like something that's like ta- that could be taboo and uncomfortable more relevant because there are people that fail all the time, but you don't really hear those mm-hmm. stories because you more just hear when they're on top. Um, but I love that you love organic chemistry because I withdrew from that class twice in college. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I was, I, I withdrew passing because I was not doing well, <laughs> but, um, luckily I did not need that for a nursing school though, but I'm happy. Oh my God. it's hard. I didn't have to take that. You didn't have luckily. to? No. That's good. My, I, I went to Duquesne and it wasn't part of the curriculum. So I was like, all right, good. But nice. like some of those classes like farm, oh my God, oh my God. that was really hard for me. Like it's, I mean, it's straight memorization, but mm-hmm. some of those classes were really tough. I don't know how I made it through. <laughs> yep, that we uh, during farm was our it was that was our first semester. So, but that happened during COVID. Like like we went from that was a transition period of no COVID to COVID when we took that class. So mm-hmm. I think that just added like an extra layer of confusion to all of us. Um, oh my gosh! I think my favorite part was those you know like the people that like just always want to be in the know. Like they're always gonna ask questions, and yeah. we always need people that don't ask questions that ask questions because you just have to like keep it diverse. But I remember, like, the first week of Zoom classes, the students would ask so much, so many questions that the professors de- didn't have the answer to just because we're in a global pandemic. No one knows what's happened. Seriously. Oh my God. Very unknown time period. <laughs> that, yeah. That's Very. so weird. I can't even imagine. Emily and I, like, just became friends right, be- right before the pandemic. Yeah. Too. So it was, like, all around the same time. Like, we, we were both travel nurses in Denver we met we we were like fast friends started hanging out and then like boom the pandemic hit and it was really sad because we couldn't how was that experience for you guys working through the pandemic you probably get that question all the time but like I can't I can't even I literally can't imagine because I didn't live it like how was that it was scary I mean we were both NICU or we were both NICU at the time so like not as directly impacted as so many other you know especially in adult yeah, hands, adult world, like, yeah. that true I truly couldn't even imagine that because that was a nightmare for yeah. people but but it still was really scary for us I mean I remember like thinking everyone else gets to stay at home right now and be safe and quarantine and like we don't have a choice like we ha- still have mm-hmm. to show up and there was so such a long period of time where we weren't masking like because there wasn't like research on it and stuff so we were like just bare face in it like with all these babies and stuff and then like there's a masking shortage we had to reuse our masks um like for our like n95s we had to reuse them we couldn't throw them away like for months 
It's just, just and we did gross. have COVID babies, and we still yeah. do. I I just took care of two. This past stretch, I had two. Yeah. Well, so do you, it's still around. How did it work with scheduling wise? Because like I feel like they just it was all hands on deck. So I don't know if like where was it like common to do overtime? Like was it like or was it still like the same schedule and it just felt longer because like there's a lot more on, like how was that process of like scheduling? For it Nikki, was, we were actually like. Um, short like we were I got canceled my contract got canceled yeah we were overstaffed because like for some reason I think maybe because everyone was staying home the babies weren't coming in with as much RSV which I think was maybe part of it but I think there was other things too like the moms were more on bed rest so they weren't like having as much preterm labor so for some reason NICUs across the country were slower so then that's, like, when my contract got canceled. So that was also, like, what do I do? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was at the beginning, too. But I feel like it did, like, then we needed people again. It, right. it was really stupid that they canceled all of our, con- our uh, travelers. But close. then it, like, it did ramp up and get busy. But we, I mean, we were short. But it was never, like, you have to come in. There was no mandatory overtime, at least, where I was working. Yeah. Um. I would have been like, no, thank you. I have no, I don't want to be, I hated that place. So I was like, no, um, I will not be a part of that. Um, (laughs) I feel like the scariest part was like the parents coming in um, and like not reporting their symptoms. Oh my gosh. And and, like, or like walking around without a mask or like, oh, they came back positive and they just like walked up and down this entire hallway and put their hands all over everything and like. Oh, even still. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you want to talk about um, your journey with the NCLEX? Yeah, I think that'd be really cool for the audience. Um, yeah, I think so, too. Okay. So the NCLEX journey has was definitely not a unique one, I feel, in the slightest. I started off so like I said I graduated in August 2021 but I didn't start working till July 2022 so nearly 10 months 11 months um uh, so yeah I'm a new grad nurse I've only been a nurse for a seven year seven months I'm about to be on month eight in a couple weeks and it's been really cool uh I love my job it doesn't feel like work it doesn't feel like work when you love what you do you know that like kind of cheesy I know it's kind of like people think it's like the new grad energy which even if it is, I'm I'm still riding that wave. Then if that's what it is, yes, <laughs> keep it going. Ride it keep as it long going. as you can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she said, "Yeah." Emily's like, just give it a couple months. <laughs> no, no. I Emily's mean, like, I'm great. on my way out. <laughs> I am on my way out. <laughs> but I love that you love it like that. We need yeah. that, you know. I lo- like. I wish. And I And like, you but. shouldn't continue on as a nurse if you don't, because there's so many old crotchety nurses that hate what they do, and you can just—it's a pa- very apparent. Like, we don't need that energy, you know? No. Yeah. My coworker, Crystal, said that she's been a nurse for 20 years, and she said that nursing is the kind of field where if you don't love it, then don't do it because it's such a physically and mentally demanding occupation that you're just going to make your quality of life miserable because you're Mm -hmm. doing something that you ultimately don't like, which is – I was like, wow, that's – because she loves coming into work still, and she's – like been doing bedside for 20 years that's awesome um so i'm like wow thank you crystal <laughs> yeah good for her that's incredible yeah. like yeah why waste your life doing something that you don't enjoy like i don't understand it so, just, it seems 
it's kind of like counterintuitive, um, mm-hmm. especially because you're doing all this schooling and everything. Like it's like it, you guys are in an ICU setting too, so I can't even imagine like what you guys see. Um, I do cardiac step down kind of. It's like kind of like a step down unit where like these kids are really sick on like multiple drips still, um, but it's not med surge, so it's like I don't know. It's kind of in between, but uh, yeah. NCLEX, NCLEX mindset. So when I graduated. <laughs> I had to, like, had to recenter myself there. When I graduated, <laughs> I thought that I could just, like, take do, like, Mark K, you know, in New World and just study mm-hmm. the way I studied in nursing school. And What are I, those things? What? I don't know what those things are, what you just said. Mark K? Mm-mm. Oh, Mark Klemek is, uh, he is, like, an NCLEX tutor that you could find on YouTube or Spotify. Okay. And um, he basically just gives you the highlights of all the review of systems, what you need to know for the NCLEX. Okay. Back so, in our day, we didn't have that. I'm like, uh, that is not something I did. <laughs> I'm like, mm-hmm, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's good because maybe not everyone knows it. So, like, when you have all your viewers, like, listening, they know. So, I did Mark Klemek and UWorld. UWorld is a NCLEX like, review platform where you could, you know, have, like, NCLEX style practice questions. So I used those two and ended up not passing the first time. A little bit of a bummer. Um, I've also just, in general, not been the best standardized test taker. So like, I wasn't that surprised. Um, but I don't know. Seeing everyone else, see every, like all my other colleagues like start their nursing journey and I was still staying for the NCLEX did bang on me a little bit, sure. but just kept on going for the next one. So how many questions did you get to? I'm just curious about oh, like how okay. many. Oof, let's see. You know, I, I don't think I told you this. I took it – I did. I passed my fourth attempt, so I don't know <laughs> which wow. – what – I don't remember. I think maybe 118 okay. or 145. Um, but it's a brutal test. It is. So for mm-hmm. anyone here that has failed the NCLEX, I can empathize with you. And at the end of this story of my NCLEX, I'll tell you what worked for me, and then hopefully you could use that. No, so awesome. uh, after the second time – I didn't pass the second time either. Uh, and then I went on Nurse Blake's cruise, which is oh, no on Emily. Yeah. Okay. Emily, Hannah, if you guys have the time to do it, I really recommend it. It was such an awesome experience. I'm actually going again in April. Um, oh, fun. I think I that, that. Uh, so like my, my message with that is every time – Every every no leads to a yes. When one door op- when one door closes, another door opens. And I remember after failing the first time, people, friends and strangers were like, "So are you gonna continue nursing?" And I was like, "I did not come all this way to pass nursing school and fail the NCLEX once to just completely ditch the occupation altogether." And I'm like, "That's not you how this way works. too hard." Yeah, exactly, Hannah. So I was like, "No, I'm not gonna." like change course i'm gonna just study differently and then pass again and uh i did a tiktok on this i can send the, the tiktok to you guys later but yeah. it's basically like a 60 second version of what i'm trying to tell you guys and um it was just like what fa- after i failed the second time there was uh i just had like to rethink like my whole plan you know like i had to postpone this job i had a job lined up at johns hopkins children's hospital and that had to be pushed back I got out of a relationship that was not working for both of us anymore. So that had to, like, I moved back to New York because I was initially living with her in, in um, Maryland because we were both going to work at Hopkins Hospital. 
Um, so I think, and then my cousin passed away. So there's just like different external factors where I ended up failing the third time. And then that's when I was like, all right, we're going to just do a hard reset here. I went on a cruise. That's when I went on Nurse Blake's cruise. It was after the third attempt. And I was like, I'm going to be in the moment of what this cruise has to offer me. And then when I come back with a clean slate, I'm going to like be more consistent with my studying and there are going to be like no distractions. On this cruise, I had the pleasure of meeting Blake, who's a really cool dude. Um, we talk often, actually. He's been he's working on his uh, next tour, um, his next comic. I just saw the email. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's. Uh, I'm excited to hang out with him again on the cruise. What someone that I did get to meet on the cruise who would eventually be my mentor, and I think if you're studying for the NCLEX, you need a mentor, whether that's like a formal tutor or a colleague. Or maybe like your nursing school professor who keeps you accountable. But it's always important to have a mentor with any goal. So when I'm on this cruise, I'm imagine this, ready? We're at Senior Frogs in the Bahamas, right? Nassau, Bahamas. <laughs> and just drinking our drinks and eating our food. And I see this guy who looks so familiar. I'm swiping through my phone. And it's so funny because my mom, I mean my sister-in-law who's an LPN, she'd been sending me videos of this guy with NCLEX tips. And I'm like, I've seen this guy before. I'm looking at my phone. I'm like... That's nurse uh, Mike from Simple Nursing. So Simple Nursing is like uh, UWorld where um, Simple Nursing offers didactic videos on how to study for the NCLEX with NCLEX practice questions. Um, he's the founder of Simple Nursing, Mike, Mike Linares. And uh, it was so cool meeting him. And I basically, while we're, imagine like, there's like music playing. It's a very tropical, like warm yeah. weather, like we're all drinking and being merry. And I'm like, Mike, I failed the NCLEX three times. I'm struggling. <laughs> and it was like meant to be. Was, that's crazy. What? It's like to meant be. to be. It really was meant to be because this is what happened next. I was like, I could really use some sort of tips. I know we're like, hanging out right now and we're on vacation so like no need to like talk about the NCLEX right now he's like no 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 take my number down let's talk later this is the founder of Simple Nursing who wow. they have over like they have thousands of videos and he has helped over like 400,000 nursing students pass their NCLEX um wow. he's a very established person um and I was like freaking out because I'm like this is so cool like literally it's like if the founder of UWorld was there it's like the U it's like a guy who created the like this this platform to help all these students and I get to meet him in Nassau Bahamas on Nurse Blake's <laughs> and uh, so yeah we exchanged numbers and now I'm back in New York and he's back in Miami and um, he just kind of like he helped me out you know he told me like gave me like an NCLEX schedule and uh, we got to meet on FaceTime a couple of times just to like practice some questions and now that's and then I passed the exam on my fourth attempt. So how do I do that though? Step one, you have to get over the fear of failure, because if you if that's what you focus on, that's where you're gonna get. You know. Um, then secondly, you have to believe in yourself, which sounds so cliche, but he who says he can and he who says he can't are both usually right. Confucius said that. And uh, there, with the NCLEX mindset, it's really focusing more on the process than focusing on passing the exam. So when you're focusing on, okay, today I'm going to study cardiovascular system and I'm going to do 50 multiple choice questions. Okay, that's Monday. Tuesday, I'm going to do 50 multiple choice questions and then do pharmacology for cardiovascular. So, and the, all right, that's done. 
And what I started doing was creating a realistic schedule for myself of what I'm going to study, when I'm going to study, and for how long I'm going to study. And uh, as another quote goes, like, what is measured upon is improved upon. So every day I wrote down what I studied and how long I studied, like net time, you know. And um, after a month and a half of doing that, I passed the exam. But I think part of the NCLEX of why people fail, especially after the first time, is they just get so caught up of like, oh my gosh, this is the NCLEX. Oh my God, like I have, if I don't pass this, I'm not going to be able to start work. Oh my God, if I don't start work, then I'm not going to be able to be there right there with like where my colleagues are, my friends are. And then Mm -hmm. like people are going to think I'm dumb or something. Mm -hmm. And when you let go of that persona, like life becomes a lot clearer, you know, like studying for the exam becomes a lot clearer. So I think that um, it does obviously have to like swallow like your ego when you don't pass the exam the first time. Um, But it's not, it's more of like, this is just one more hurdle to get, jump over to get to your um, your goal. Mm-hmm. And I think what, like some of that nurse Blake, nurse Blake, uh, John told me, not John, Mike, Mike Linares told me was how, like when you're focusing on working on your shot, opposed to focusing on winning the game, you know, just like, like get, mm-hmm. just get the shots and get the shots in. Yeah. Like repetition. Sure. Yeah. It's a mind game. And- then NCLEX is a whole mind game. Cause you know that like, if you keep getting harder questions, like that you're above the line, but then if you keep getting easy questions, you're like, oh my God, I must be below the line. That like I'm that means I didn't get the last question right. Yeah. So when you're thinking about that, it's super distracting to focus on the question that's in front of you. So yeah. It's exactly I'm changing it too. They uh, are changing it. I'm not Do you know anything be- about that? Like I was just gonna look it up. Yes, no, I could update you guys on that. So uh, after, so our, every time I took the NCLEX, they always had a survey at the end that you could take on practice NCLEX for like a new edition they're coming out with. Um, I'm not going to be an NCLEX tutor in no way because I'm not <laughs> trying to learn the new system to like teach it. But basically it's more case studies related now. So they want to make it more realistic of what you could possibly see in a hospital. So they'll give you like a page of, this is the patient. This is their past medical history. These are like what's what their diagnosis is. These are their vital signs. These are their lab works. And from that, you answer like maybe five or six questions related to it. So it's more like case study style than here's multiple choice on like three word on like three sentences. And now the next question is completely not related to what you just yeah. saw. I mean, that sounds okay. That's not what I can't remember what my coworker told me. Something about like short answer questions or like having to write in it and I was like oh no <laughs> oh you know more than I do Emily because that's insane like like a short response instead yeah, of yeah like, that's what I think she said but oh, I God. also like I'm trying to look it up while we're talking <laughs> no, and I just be, like I don't like that case study I feel like I don't know I feel like that maybe wouldn't be so bad I think it's going to be definitely – some people are going to probably favor it and others probably won't. Um, yeah. But, yeah, because I, when I was taking it, I was like – I could see how it's more realistic when I was doing the yeah. practice questions because the last question goes on top of what you just answered. So – but then it's kind of like if you think you got that last question wrong, then you're probably going to get this question wrong because True. it's like they're synchronized. Right, in a way. like if you're thinking like, oh, this is septic shock, but really it's something else, and then exactly. yeah, you can just keep 
going down yeah. the wrong path or something. So shout out to you, uh, Michael and Aris, <laughs> when you hear this, because he helped me out. Yeah, that's amazing. Oh my gosh, I'm good for you for not giving up because that must be really like just it feels defeating. Yeah, it was definitely a mind game, and I think that's where I created my platform on TikTok and Instagram. Um, I wanted to. I started just vlogging about my experience mm-hmm. and fa- with failing the NCLEX and NCLEX mindset. That I wanted to tap into the nursing community with new graduate nurses and nursing students that are studying for the NCLEX or who have failed the NCLEX um, because it's a really – because failure is common, you know, like, and failure can be yeah. difficult to talk about. But when you talk about it, it's amazing how – like, when I started talking about it on the internet, it's amazing how many different direct messages I received of, like, oh, my gosh, like, I thought I was all by myself with this feeling – or, oh my gosh, I just failed for my second time too. Mm-hmm. What did you, what resources did you use? Like what worked? Yeah. So what worked for me was simple nursing for my uh, like information, like didactic re- review. And then I used your world for practice questions. Got um, it. I really recommend just using like one or two sources. Like mm-hmm. that was something else I learned too. Like when you started, I've done five different NCLEX reviews, like companies in that time. So like I'm pretty well versed on them. Like I think that part of my problem was trying to dip from too many resources. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where my community started. And then once I started work, I started talking more about being a new graduate nurse in New York City and what that entails. And uh, it's been so much fun. I've got to meet so many different nurses online, um, like Nurse John, Nurse Blake, uh, Nurse Mike. Um, and it's just really exciting. I'm so excited to go back on this cruise. I'm going in April, um, and get to reconnect with all my, there's a lot of travel nurses, by the way, that goes on that cruise. I bet. Uh, yeah, it's so cool hearing people's journeys from like West coast, the middle of the country, East coasters, like it was very diverse group. That's so cool. Yeah. I'd love to go. That's definitely on my, it does sound so fun. I know it's just like mildly expensive when I've looked at it. I'm like, yeah. ooh, <laughs> but that's just because yeah. I have eight million things going on at once. Yeah. So just gotta choose, <laughs> choose yeah. one thing. Yeah. But do you think travel awesome. nursing would be in your future? Yes, I do. I think that I would love to scratch your brain, pick your brain, pick yeah. your brain on that, both you guys, because yeah. you can it just scratch my I don't brain know, anytime. <laughs> yeah like i don't know like i'm 25 i'm single i don't have many i don't have much ties to really anything um obviously i'm a new nurse so like i really want to everyone i've asked is like definitely get your foundation first because Mm -hmm. when you travel there's just like less resources is what i was told what's your take on that like how'd you know that you were ready like what made you feel all right i could do this um, after like two years, I was like, yeah, I feel comfortable on this unit. Like I know what I'm doing. I feel, I don't, I'm not afraid to like, I don't get anxiety going into work. I, I feel comfortable and was like, well, I mean, you have to have two. I mean, I recommend having two years. Definitely. I think that that's a really solid foundation. And then I was like, well, we'll see how it goes. And I'm going to keep learning along the way. Right. Nice. And Where was your first assignment? Like what unit were you on for a first assignment? Um, I did all of my travel in NICU and I, my first, I went from Colorado to, um, Stanford Children's in their NICU. What? Yeah, it was cool. My friend from nursing school, Emma, she's starting at their CVICU at Stanford for oh, children's nice. pediatrics. Yeah. Nice. Cool. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're going to be in a great position to travel to because I know that nursing in New York City is crazy. So you're already like starting somewhere that's crazy. So I think that's a good thing because it kind oh, of good. gets you used oh. to like juggling and like used to like high stress situations. Um, I get a little concerned for people who start in California or for people like, I mean, I live in such a NICU headspace because that's all I've ever done. But like if you take NICU, for example, like if you're starting in a level two NICU and it's just not as high acuity or you're getting like really easy two baby assignments and then you're going to travel to like a larger 80 bed NICU or something like you're going to be shocked. Or if you're starting Mm -hmm. in California and you're used to like these amazing ratios and all these breaks and then you come to like the East Coast, you're going to be shocked. But you, like starting in New York City, like you're going to be good. You're going to be ready for anything. Thank you. Where did, where was your, so what, were you also traveling full-time as NICU when you travel, when you do travel nursing? Yeah. Um, I'm still doing travel nursing. Um, and I've only done NICU, but yeah, I've been like all over California, which was lovely. Um, Washington, Colorado, Arizona, Philly, and New York City last summer. I was up in Harlem actually. I don't but, know if you want to, you don't have to include it in the recording, but what companies did you guys, cause I don't know if you guys want to promote a company, but like what companies are like, this is terrible, and the other one's like, I I like this like organization better for where I'm applying, like because I'm I'm I will look them up. Yeah, that's actually a really good question. We want to do a full episode on just kind of like our takes on like the different travel companies and like why to go with one and why you should go with another kind of thing. Um, I did it differently where I only chose. I stuck with one agency and I worked with Onward and that was because Onward Healthcare is like a sub company of AMN. And I, it's because I loved my recruiter. Like I was connected with the recruiter versus the company. Um, If I was to do it again, which hopefully, I mean, maybe I will um, like go full travel again, but I would go with like the highest pay package now because that is a resource available to us that we can see like that wasn't a thing when I started traveling to be able to like look on Vivian or Wanderly or like Fusion Marketplace and be able to be like oh cool all these different agencies have this job oh but this one's offering $600 more a week cool gonna go with that one <laughs> like that's kind of where I'm at and I've done host as well um which was fine both of them were fine <laughs> yeah. okay onward and host and I've been pretty loyal to total med for the same reason my recruiter um he's awesome but you know sometimes they don't have the highest pay package so i would i agree with emily i think like looking at all of your options so write down i don't know if you know about like emily you said it super fast but like i don't know if you've heard of vivian or wanderly have you heard of those i've seen vivian through a co-worker I, so we have a, like i think three or four travelers right now in our unit Got it. So Vivian, though, but you could talk more about Vivian. Yeah, they're great. Go go for it, Hannah. Yeah, they're, it's like I explain it as like the kayak or like the Expedia of like looking at nursing jobs, you know, so you can kind of see like oh. what's all out there through all the agencies. And then kind of like if you see like one that's the highest rate, but then you also want to just it depends on what you're looking for. But like for me, things that are important are health insurance and like a 401k. Um, but a lot of people get their health insurance privately so that's not a big deal for them so those would just be things just to look at um but like I think the most important thing is getting a recruiter that you click with 
mm-hmm. over the agency itself because I've had a recruiter with Total Med that I hated and I've had now have a recruiter with Total Med that I'm like obsessed with. So it's like it with anything like like you know there's good nurses and there's bad nurses. There's good salesmen and there's bad salesmen. So it's mm-hmm. kind of the same thing. So I don't and like don't to say that there's like a bad agency. Yeah. And don't be afraid to like advocate for yourself because I also had a a recruiter that I was not a fan of and like did not do a good job with um my contract at um with host and I like called their it's not their customer service but a whatever like the the traveler helpline or and <laughs> um let them know what was going on and they were able to like switch me over to a much better recruiter who was able to like explain everything to me that this person was leaving out and like was just is just so much so much better than her so like advocate for yourself you're not stuck with one recruiter oh do you um find these recruiters on like host or vivian or is that like a different location that you find a recruiter they're on there like if you are on vivian you click on a job it'll be like connect with kendra to talk about this job or whatever um so they'll connect you with someone automatically but like if you let's say that you find a job on Vivian through Total Med and you're like, "Oh yeah, I remember Hannah has a great recruiter with Total Med." You yeah. could like get his information and go directly through that person too. Like you don't have to go through Vivian to get that rate. Like the rate is going to be the same. Um so if there is someone that you specifically want to use, you can definitely use them. You don't have to go with the person that they assign you to. Mm-hmm. What was Total Med? Is how? Wait, what's Total Med? You said Viv, you said go through Vivian through Total Med. Oh, what's Total Med? Like an agency. Like so if like you, if you on, see a job. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, it's just gonna kind of. It is confusing. Um, because let me just even like see if I can pull up. My phone will load. It shows you like all those are different agencies and different jobs. Like, and I can just search for an area and it'll tell me like all of the agencies that have a job in that area. So if you click on it, it and say, I'm interested through Vivian, it's going to connect you directly with a random recruiter. But if you like see a total med job, like total med job on there, you can be like, oh, hey, Hannah, what's your recruiter's name? Can I reach out to them about this job and not go through Vivian, if that makes sense? because Mm. then it'll connect because yeah it connects you with a random person and they could be great or they could be terrible like the person i got from host (laughs) right sorry i think i explained that bad thank you (laughs) no it's it's just confusing i'm sure like it's a whole new world it's like a new language yeah yeah we're very like used to speaking about it as well so it's like yeah yeah and you said travel full so like you could travel part-time too you said, like, I might go back to doing it full. Oh, oh, oh yeah, that's also confusing. I <laughs> <laughs> I did a, like, local travel contract last year. Like, I've been staffed for several years, and I, but I picked up an extra job on top of my um, already full-time jobs because wow. I'm a crazy person, but I am getting married this year, so I was like, we need the money. Um, <laughs> yeah. But... Uh, I keep like looking at different travel jobs and just like want to go back to doing it like as my job. But like yeah. right now my uh job's pretty cush, so I need to 
keep with it. <laughs> you can, and you need some Congratulations on getting married. Thank you. Uh, yes. Yeah, so I just want to go. I mean, I just know how much more money I could be making doing travel nursing, but yeah, just my life right now can't support that. Do you play the piano too? Mm, oh, is that what you did? You see my yeah. Um, no, that's my fiance's. Uh, he this is like his whole setup. He like is a musician and has all these these things, mic stand and these headphones. I just <laughs> use his stuff. Oh, that's convenient. Yeah, that's cool. Super convenient. When did you guys create the podcast? It's been a year yeah. in uh, January. Wow. Yeah. What inspired the podcast? Like, actually, I would love to know what inspired Drunk or Delirious is the name of it because I think it's a really unique name, and I think it's awesome because, like, being a night shift nurse, you understand why it's called. Like, I just explained it to my brother before this. Like, oh, I'm gonna go on a podcast about Drunk or Delirious, and I was like, what does that mean? But it's like. You feel drunk, but really, I'm just delirious. (laughs) I love that you got it right away because my dad always makes fun of us. Like, he's like, oh, the drunk nurses podcast, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, dad, you just don't get it, okay? Like, it's not like that. No. And I was like, people get it. Like, like if you're a nurse and you work night shift, like, you get it. But Mm -hmm. it's just because, like, we met on night shift and – like you know how you bond with your coworkers, like more so I feel like on night shift than on day shift you kind of like just tell them your life story at three in the morning that you wouldn't normally share with people and that was us and yeah we just like like I said earlier we're fast friends like we I mean she's like I'm in her wedding and we only lived in the same state for like two months like it's crazy (laughs) you're in her yeah yeah okay Hannah let me go (laughs) I just pushed myself to the top, baby. <laughs> but it is kind of crazy, like how quickly and how how quickly we became friends and how close we got. Um, yeah. So we love chatting and stuff, and we had talked about starting a podcast, and like she's the only person that I would want to have a podcast with. You know, it just like makes sense. And then we wanted mm. to kind of incorporate like how we met. So I think that's just kind of how we came up with it. Emily actually came up with the name. That's great. I think that let's talk on that about that for a second. I feel that Are you interviewing honestly, us? <laughs> I know I love it. I, I, just having a conversation. I, I love it. Great. No, well, I love it. <laughs> the back and forth, like I agree that night shift and day shift, they're a team. You know, we just actually had a whole team meeting about this. How like it's not like night shift versus day shift. It's like more like we are six tower. We are together. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And but I do feel that Night shift brings different challenges in day shift, of course. Mm-hmm. Traditionally, like day shift, you're dealing with more inter- interdisciplinary things. Mm-hmm. There's more family that you're talking to besides just the patient. Mm-hmm. So on nights, you do have more opportunity, I feel, to have these deeper conversations with your coworkers because it's uh, hopefully quieter, you know. It's uh, hopefully uh, not as busy, you know, as day shift. Mm-hmm. And when you hit that 3 a.m., 4 a.m. marker where you're just kind of, like, letting, I guess, like, a little bit loose, I would say, of, like, your own, like, not inhibitions, because that's what it feels like drunk, but you're not drunk. It's like, <laughs> let me tell this person, like, my life story a little. Like, especially being a male nurse, like, I'm not, I'm not, I think this is that, let's harp on that, too. Being a male nurse, 
in a predominantly female occupation has been an awesome experience because <laughs> I'm learning what to do being a single man in Manhattan, how to talk to women and stuff and like getting these like are my coworkers advice of like oh like take this girl out to this place because I had a good experience with this guy or like yeah. I had a terrible experience with this guy let me tell you the story so you know what not what so you know what not to do when you go out with the girl you know stuff like that you get like the that. tea you get all the tea you get the tea yeah and uh, tell us like that. a little bit more about being a male nurse in a female you know uh, Industry, dominated yeah. profession yeah that must oh, be well, will, like an interesting experience well let me get my pen and paper yes. he's <laughs> <laughs> got a um, notebook everyone <laughs> ready i love it this is actually I, I brought this for like memories so i can like know where i started this is like my first orientation stuff oh i love that <laughs> but you know okay so being a male nurse i am kind of used to being around women, which sounds very cocky to say, but hear me out. This is what I'm trying to say. Um, in high school, I wrestled. and in, in college, I wrestled, right? But then going back to our first conversation about backflips, I had a couple friends on the cheer team in high school. They're like, Cash, we could really use your acrobatics. Like, we'll put you on varsity. It'll be so cool to have you on the team. Oh, yeah. And it's our senior year. When are you going to ever be able to do this again? And I was like, you're right. So senior year of high school, I did uh, wrestling, like my usual sport, and cheer. Cool. cool. So that was my first time being in like a professional setting with females and like being the only guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that that created like part. Some of them were my friends. Other people like they eventually became friends. But as I went into now nursing, it's like oh, it's like cheerleading again, where it's like you hear the gossip about things that are happening with either like a spouse or like a boyfriend or like a bad date and that's kind of like what it felt like in high school too in a way so i felt kind of um i guess used to it in a way sure um because of that experience so what is it has it been like it's been very entertaining i uh hear a lot of like this ready here it comes (laughs) all right what's up ladies and cash we're gonna be doing this (laughs) Or like, thank Classic. you so much, girls. In cash. <laughs> oh, oh fun. Are there um, any like downsides or negatives? Like, do you ever feel like discriminated yes. against or anything like that? I'm about to do a backup for you because you're asking all the good questions. Um, you guys both are. So I think that, uh, and I'm kind of used to it already, but like, let's hear girls tell me a story about like a bad date, you know, or maybe an ex-boyfriend. Uh, they at the end of it, they you know like they make the generalization of like uh, all men are trash, you know, because I hear that often and it's so funny too because it's always followed like all you. men are cash. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yeah, but not you, but not you, cash. <laughs> and then I'm like, no, nah, don't worry about it. It's okay. Keep going. Because like obviously I'm not gonna take it personal. You're not calling me trash. Yeah. You're not calling all. You're just talking about that person. But like you're gonna generalize because like your feelings are hurt, mm-hmm. and I'm here to hear. I'm here to listen. You know. Mm-hmm. So I think stuff like that is funny, but downsides, I think it's, um, sometimes my banter would be funnier if a guy was there to hear it. It's not even like locker room talk, but it's more of like, uh, uh, it's like, uh, like for example, there's, there's another male nurse on the floor, his name's Ozzy and he's hilarious because like we have a couple pregnant patient, pregnant patient, patients that, goodness. We have a couple of coworkers that are pregnant, 
and like, we actually just had a baby shower on our floor for one of our coworkers that's leaving next week to go have their baby. Super exciting. So we're all sitting, this tr- literally happened like three shifts ago. We're uh, all in the break room, you know, like you said, congratulations. And we're talking and the coworker that's pregnant is like, oh yeah, I was just opening up different gifts yesterday. And one of them was this uh, breast pump machine. I still have to figure out how to use it. So I looked at my, my male coworker, I'll be like, yeah, man, right? We have, we have to figure out how to use it. <laughs> you know, like the struggle, you know, it was like, me too, me too, yeah. <laughs> us too. Because we just like, obviously we're not breast, we're not breast pumping, you know? <laughs> so it was just like the haha moment of like, your struggle is just, we don't have, we don't know what that means, yeah. you know? But he's like, I have to figure out how to use this breast pump machine. And I was like, yeah, me too, Avi, right? Like, we got to figure it out. Same, same. <laughs> so stuff like that, just like funny banter um, about that, but I, I love working. I love my coworkers. And I think that probably is what makes work in like, no, it's when I said in the beginning that work doesn't feel like work. Part of it is definitely because mm-hmm. of the coworkers. Like I have, I'm so grateful, Emily and Hannah to have coworkers that are just so supportive Um, as a new grad nurse and any questions I have, like there's answers like, Oh, like you're going to go do that. Like if you need another hand, let me know. Um, it's the very much like, the veteran supporting their young instead of eating their young. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that's what makes my floor just awesome. You know, it's a great time. It's a really good experience. Um, On a side note with being pediatrics, like you guys have heard NICU, I give you guys so much credit because we get weeks old patients like that come right from the NICU to ours. If they have a congenital heart defect or they just had like a ASD repair or like a VSD repair and then they come to us. But Working with kids has been so eye-opening. You know, I, I could imagine you guys empathize with, like, these moms that come in with their babies. Uh, it all started being a spider acrobatic Spider-Man for children. And then as I was being an acrobatic Spider-Man, I kind of was doing – when I was at Baltimore, I was able to be an acrobatic Spider-Man on my unit while being a nursing student. Oh, my gosh. And, Did you get paid yeah. for this? No, volunteer. I would I wouldn't want it either. But it was just the experience of being able to be in the suit as Spider-Man and then but then knowing my patient clinically because I have him as a nursing student. I was on it was in my fifth semester of nursing school. It's like the senior practicum where you're doing like twelve hours. And uh it was a spinal cord rehabilitation unit. So these kids have different spinal cord disorders, um he- like hemiplasia hemi yeah, hemiplasia um or like quadriplegic and uh i knew that my patient's right hand was the weak hand that would be like kind of limp so i knew that as nurse cash so then when i went into the patient's room as spider-man cash and he had his spider-man pajamas on and he has his spider-man toys in his bed i went to go high five him on his dominant left so that was so cool because like I was able to combine being a nurse and mm-hmm. Spider-Man yeah. where I'm not going to go high-five him on the hand that he know, like that he knows he's not like good at. I high-fived him on one that he knows he's good yeah. at. And that made him feel so good. You know, like it just brought some – this smile, ear-to-ear smile, you know. And he's over here like showing me his Spider-Man toy um, was just – I was like, yeah, this is it. Oh, this – this is my, this is where I'm at. It's like those little So when things, I graduated. That means so much. Yeah, it was yeah. literally, really, you know, even Hannah, Emily, like this month, this Sunday, even this Sunday, like I'm so excited to go to work on Sunday because I have a patient who is waiting for a heart. He is listed a, uh, A1 for a transplant. 
Uh, he's been on the floor for like eight months, mm-hmm. nine months already. Um, so the family knows all the nurses, and the nurses know this family and the patient really well. Um, he's a really big Spider-Man fan, and the patient's brother, he turns nine on like next week. So I spoke to the mom, and I'm gonna surprise the oh patient God. and his siblings as Spider-Man on the floor before my night shift starts. So like <laughs> night shift is like at seven. So I'll come around like five o'clock, and it just I'm so excited That's for so this. Cute. You are literally like an angel for these families. I love yes. it. Like, yes, I'm like <laughs> He's literally so sweet. And they are so lucky to have you. Mm-hmm. Like that is awesome. Thank you. That really and you can tell how genuine it is too. Like yeah. it brings so much joy and like fulfillment to you. And I can only imagine like how much joy it brings to them too. I I'm I'm excited. I hope so. You know, because like I said, the parents have been there for the patient has been there for months, and the parents are, you know, like it's it's hard trying to be there for this kid that's there all the time, like in the hospital, but then also like they have kids mm-hmm. at home. And they live in New Jersey. Hey, shout out Emily in New Jersey. I mean, Hannah in New Jersey. <laughs> they live in New Jersey and they commute to the hospital in New York, in Manhattan. So it's, um, it's been, you know, it's, bu- it's tough balancing both. So I'm excited to get just all the siblings together in one room and have Spider-Man just surprise them all. Um, and then I'll go to work as Cash, which is so cool because I get to do both. Yeah. That's, That's pretty special. Thank you. Really I'm is. excited, and it's so funny too, because you know Spider-Man's from Manhattan, from New York, yeah. he's from Queens. Like, there fits the whole New York City vibe being uh, a nurse and Spider-Man wow. here. Yeah, <laughs> it does. That's so funny. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, if you guys ever need a Spider-Man, I've been. I'm. Uh, I'm. I do travel Spider-Maning. I've been Spider-Man for uh, birthday parties and children's events and hospital visits. Oh, yeah. uh, I've done it in New Jersey, New York, and Baltimore so far, and Pennsylvania. So if you guys ever need a Spider-Man, I'll fly out. Love that. I I'll that eventually live on the, I know. I'm like, I'll eventually be living on the East Coast, so I will definitely keep that in mind. That's Maybe awesome. Maybe I'll be working at your hospital in a few months. We'll see. Yeah. New York Presbyterian. Uh, it's, we just got a new contract, too. We, we almost went on strike. I'm sure you guys saw that on the news. Yep. Of, yeah. like, nice New York. Uh, yeah, we almost went on strike. Uh, we we were going to on like on a specific day if we did not get a contract in time, but we did. Um, so I'm happy we didn't, but because that would have been interesting to see how they would have handled that, uh, and more for the safety of the patients. I'm happy we didn't go on strike because there was still continuity of care um, the whole time. But it was a uh, pretty pretty nerve wracking. There was a lot of a uh, lot of up in the air of like what was going to happen, you know, that was, uh, cause the contract ended, uh, January, December 31st. Okay. So, uh, it would have been an interesting new year, Yeah. but yeah, uh, I, it's been cool. It's been a great experience being a pediatric nurse and, uh, it all started from really just kind of like Spider-Man. That's so I cool. Feel. What would you say is like, yeah. um, the best part about being a pediatric nurse and then go into like, what would be the worst part or the hardest part? The worst. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the best part about being a pediatric nurse, I feel like maybe you guys res- resonate with this, like with NICU level, because it's like, I, I don't know what I'm going to say is not even like medical. It's not even going to, it's going to be more like holistic. I feel like, I think it's definitely connecting with children in a way where they make them feel like, I like making children feel they're not their diagnosis, you know? And sometimes it'd be easier to do it than others. Cause you could have a teenager like my floor I could have children that like I think the youngest kid I had was like 
20 days old, a month mm-hmm. old, and then all the way to like 22, wow. just because of like extensive pediatric history. So we still keep them on the unit. But uh, I think that just connecting with children on different developmental milestones has been my favorite part of being a pediatric nurse. Um, like I've been having, like the way I talk to a teenager is going to be different than the way I talk to a four-year-old, you know? And then I think that the, like a way, uh, I think a way of connecting was like, I was giving a kid a Lovenox shot, right? And he hates shots and, but he's, he's 13 and he loves, uh, like little baby. He's a rapper, you Mm -hmm. know? So I played little baby on YouTube and I have him dancing a little bit, you know, like shake his shoulders. Something to get him smiling a little bit before the shot. And he knows he's going to get the shot. He gets it every night, you know? Um, and it's, you could see he really appreciated that. Just kind of like getting his mind out of thinking about the shot before giving the shot. Um, and his mom really appreciated that too. So I think that's something I really like pediatric-wise. And then something I don't like is I feel like when it's – I'll tell you. you know, I, 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 Let me know if you feel this with, with NICU because I know they're really small. But like when kids – like. The, our blood pressure machine, you know, for our vital signs machine, if a kid's just going to com- be combative and not want to, like, because they don't like the squeeziness of a blood pressure machine, so they're going to keep on mm-hmm. kicking their arm or their leg, so then you don't get a good reading. It's like, ah, it's, you're in there for, like, 15 minutes just because the, br- the blood pressure machine pumps up, and then it says, like, unable mm-hmm. to read, or, like, it gives you, like, a really bad reading just because, like, they're excessive. oh, there's excessive movement. I think that's I, just so tedious. That's so funny that that's your like thing that you, you, you love what you do, and because that's yeah. the thing that you hate. Like <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, um, you can tell. Yeah, yeah. Even with like hard. Pa- okay, then you have like patients, patients' parents that also give you a run yeah. through money. Yeah, that's tough. That could be difficult. Um, I think in mo- let me know what you do. Actually, I want to know what you guys do so that way maybe I can learn from it and then apply it to my own. I just realized killing them with kindness. You know, I just kill them with the parents with kindness and that's kind of it. What do you guys do? Like pretty much. I try to do the same thing. Kill them with kindness or if they're like really intense, I just kind of like, like stay away as much as I can. (laughs) Like I'm like, "Mm, I'm just going to avoid that situation. But yeah, just being kind and trying to empathize with them because we I can't imagine like what it would be like to have my child in the hospital. Right. Especially like in these critical conditions. So just trying to keep that in mind. Yeah. I feel like it's I'm still learning. But mm-hmm. oh, I always will. But it's it's hard to like know exactly what to do because every parent is different, every baby is different, every child is different, you know. But I I usually do the same thing. I just try to be like as sweet as possible and like let them be as involved as possible but sometimes you get situations where parents really test their boundaries which that's what I struggle with because sometimes when you're too nice then they kind of can walk all over you so that's what I'm that's what I'm struggling with now is like learning that for myself of like yes being really kind but also like you're the authority and I know what's best not that like I don't, it's hard to find the boundary because it's like they're the parents so like they are advocating for their child but it's at the same time it's like well I am their nurse and like I'm keeping their airway safe or like whatever it is you know because if we're dealing with like wow. critical lines and critical airways like 
that's my priority is keeping that tube in their throat. You know what I mean? And then some parents are flipping the kids and they're doing things themselves. And it's like, you can't do that. They're not a regular baby. So that's hard for me. That's yeah, that's a good point. Because you're all they're advocating and you're advocating, but in your I saw you like kind of hesitated to say it, but like you do know what's best for the child. Because even if because in Nikki, what are they like days old? Yeah, there's a range. They can be like negative, you know, like a 23 weeker preemie, or they can like like there's a one year old in the NICU that I'm at right now. He's lived there his whole life. So, oh, but see, even in that case, like you do know more. Like let's say you have this. 23 weeker you're talking about like you do know more about right. what the kid needs than the parent because you don't the parent doesn't know the kid the kid was just born so like that's where it's a little different because like if i'm having a four-year-old the mom knows how the four-year-old behaves already, True. you know mm-hmm. so like if mom says like oh he wasn't breathing like that at home or like he seems fussier now than when he was at home or yesterday i'm gonna take your word for it because you know your yeah. child but if i have a kid that's two weeks old in the NICU, how do you know what the kid's baseline is if you just met the kid too? Right. Like, that might sound a little, like, I don't know, if I, that, does, that does not sound empathetic what I just said, but it sounds kind of, I don't know, I feel it's kind of valid. Like, how would yeah. you, how does the mom, how does the parent know what the kid's baseline is if they were just born, like, a hop and a skip right. ago? And they no, can know true. their baseline to an extent, but at the same time, like, I know the baseline of all 23-weekers, or I know the baseline of, like, what a 28-weeker, like, what we expect for certain gestational ages and what we do to treat, you know, their whatever they're dealing with. Like, that's my whole yeah. job is to know that. So, like, it's kind of funny. Yeah. Like, I mean, sometimes parents will be like, oh, yeah, like, they do this. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, yeah, they, like, all do that. Like, but it's like yeah. having that empathy, too. Mm-hmm. But that it's hard. That's a hard part of our job for sure. It does like come to a point though, too, where the parents are really good um, advocates for their kids because they, a lot of these, they are there a lot. Um, Like the, especially the parents that are there a lot, like they look at their baby every day and they're like, Mm -hmm. Hey, their color looks really weird. Like if I've never taken care of that kid before, then they're like, their color looks a little weird. They like, haven't been like, like waking up as much today or anything like that. Like I'm going to take that seriously as well. If they're not a child that I know, um, because that could be something very serious for a little baby. No, yeah, It just depends. That's a good point. That's a good point. What is the age range that you guys work with? Like typically, I know like you said NICU, but I don't know like the slightest thing of NICU. Yeah. It's 23 weeks. Like, Generally, places are saving 23 weeks and up. So, like, the baby has been in the womb for five months and then gets born. And so they're super, super premature um, up to, like, Hannah said, like, a year. Um, It depends on the NICU, though, because, like, if they're a level four, I feel like typically they take them up. Um, they keep them for like up to a year because they're waiting to get traked and they're like trying to get onto their home vent and go um, to another like pulmonary floor. But um, yeah, it really is a wide range, but 23 weeks and up <laughs> until one years old. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah. So they're like literally some, a I've, I've had a baby that's like a less than a pound. Like mm-hmm. they're a fetus. Yeah. Oh, so wait, 23 weeks, meaning like they were gestationally at 23 Correct. weeks? Correct, yeah. yeah. 23 out of 40 weeks. 
We yeah. speak a different language oh, with Nikki too. Weird. I feel like I thought you were thinking like twenty three weeks old, but no, no, no. Like they came out of the womb at twenty three mm, weeks. Right. Wow, that is. I was premature. Were you? Not five weeks. I mean, not five months old, but I was born seven months. Okay. okay. My mom had me premature. My mom had placenta previa okay. with me. Were you in the NICU? I was in the NICU for oh. some time. I don't know how that was, but you I remember you're here. <laughs> here. Yeah, I can just tell you were a preemie yeah. by looking at you. I'm just kidding. Yeah, you can just feel it. <laughs> it was. Hey, can you guys tell Malio? Totally. Well, I, absolutely. Leo Actually, yes. You're giving that like Leo. That I am vibe. not good at that. I am not good at like knowing people's. Signs. What's my sign, Cash? Oh, Virgo. It's my moon, so nice. That works. Oh, yeah. that's your moon? <laughs> what? I don't know what's your sign. What's your sign? Gemini. Are we in Gemini? No, we're in Pisces season right it's, now. Yeah, it's Pisces season. Wow. It's Pisces season. Gemini. Cool. <laughs> I'll remember that. Okay. What about you, Emily? Pisces. <gasps> When's your birthday? Shortest. Okay. It's my birthday month, mm. so. <laughs> Exciting. Happy birthday, Emily, in advance. My sister-in-law is 39 weeks and five days pregnant right now. Oh, my gosh. Her due date is on Friday. No, March 4th, Saturday. Yeah, that's so that's exciting. exciting. What's so exciting more, what I feel it is she's excited because her husband, my brother, her, his birthday is on March 4th. So, Whoa. like. Oh, she wants to. What would it be if the baby was born on my brother's yeah. birthday? Like your dad's birthday? That would be crazy. Birthday twin. Yeah. And it's a girl too, so it's like daddy's little girl. Like how much daddy's little girl does it get if it's the same it's birthday so as your father? That would I be really that. cool. Yeah. That's exciting. When's your birthday, Hannah? Um, June 14th. Okay, so we got summer babies. June 14th and March yep. 20th. What about you, Monday. Ash? I am July 27th. Ah, cool. Okay. Yes, summer babies. I'm excited. It's going to be, I'm going to be 26. Old man. Just kidding. <laughs> I'll be 29 oh, yeah. this year. Oh, nice. Last year in my Last 20s. One. Crazy. Oh my God. Do you have any advice for a 25 year old? Yeah, just you, live it up. What would you want to do at 25? How about Try that? Life. What would you, what would, what would you, t- oh, I love asking this. What would you tell your 25 year old self? you're so young like I thought I was old then I thought like oh my gosh I'm old because I'm not in college anymore I'm old like you're not old you're so young like this is like literally the prime of your life and even still now 28 I'm in my prime like things are only going up from here like you are a new nurse it's awesome you're gonna get your experience then I would like go travel live somewhere like you've always wanted to live like go to Hawaii go to Alaska like do the crazy mm-hmm. trips, say yes, you know, and like at the same time, say save yes. money so that, yeah. you know, like having that balance. But like, I mean, not to sound like an old person, but like, I don't know. I think like saving in your 20s is the best thing that you could possibly do to like retire early. So, yeah, balancing that, like living it up, but also saving. I definitely don't want to stay at bedside all my life. So, no, you're definitely right with. I love that advice. I wrote it down. I love it. High key. <laughs> That's ahead, honestly what I was going to say. Just like 
saving is great, but also just like take that trip that you want to. Like I, whatever, like you yes, you want to save money, but also you can make more money. Like if you have an amazing opportunity and like once of a lifetime trip, go fucking do it. Like why wait? I don't know. I wish that I had taken um a lot more trips and like I did I was travel nursing, but I don't think that I did it to the full extent that I absolutely could. Like I did we didn't do I didn't take months off at a time and just go like travel around Asia and like things like that that I absolutely wish I would have done. Wow. Now with that travel nursing lifestyle, like, can you, like, you can make like bank to be able to just take off for a month to then just like leisurely travel. Yeah, he was about to not work for several months. (laughs) Yeah. That's how I like to do it. Like, and Usually there's opportunities to work overtime too. So if you really grind, like, and you make, you can make, if you work overtime on like my rate right now, like I could make an extra, if I did an extra 12, I could make an extra thousand a week. Like that's crazy. Um, So yeah, you do that, you grind and you take that extra money that you earned and just like have that cushion in, in your checking account and go. But I took five months off, which is the longest period of time that I've ever taken off. But it was great. Like I lived at my parents in Utah, so I didn't have to pay rent. Um, but I just like skied my ass off all the rest of winter. And then I like did all the Utah national parks and also just like, it was really nice to be honest, to like not be a nurse for a second. And to just like, I was not thinking about nursing for once because it's such an identity thing. You know, I think nurses like, Oh gosh, guys, that's exactly where I'm at. Let's add that to your viewers because I literally feel like I'm living, like I'm trying to figure out who is cash when he's not working kind of vibe because like I like work so much I literally I had a dream about actually one of my patients last night into today no joke like I literally had a dream I woke up at 5 30 in the morning because like you know night shift like your sleep schedule is like messed up so like when I was going back into like regular days like because today was my first day off like I did three and then like here I am today but when I woke up this morning I woke up at 5 30 naturally and I immediately thought oh my god does 6 14 have enough uh, feed in his feeding oh bag because it's yep. a continuous feed. I'm not joking. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I think like, like I, I was like, that I, way I didn't, like, as a baby nurse. What? Like when I was a new grad, I was that way. Like I could not stop having NICU dreams. It was everything. It was my whole life. It was like all I thought of. But it does get better and it does get easier. Like as time goes on, at least in my experience, it has. Like now I'm able to just like separate it. Like when I go to work, I'm Nurse Hannah. But like when I'm at home, like I have other hobbies, interests, like even this podcast has helped me, even though we talk a lot about nursing, it's still just like an outlet, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I definitely feel that because I would have, I would just dream about like, oh my God, I forgot to feed this baby or like, who's taking care of this room? <laughs> oh my gosh, they've been forgotten all yeah. night long or like, or like, wow. just like bad dreams, you know, like blue baby and like, you know, cause you know, oh. you see traumatic stuff and it's hard, but I think it does get easier to separate it with time. Yeah. It's good to know that I'm not the You're only one. Because <laughs> it doesn't, I'm like, damn, I'm having a dream about my patient. Like, I need to do something else. So, like, I picked up pole dancing. Oh, I did sweet. that. That was That's really fun. cool. Nice. Yeah. I'm going again this Saturday. Um, oh, my gosh. I love, you know, backflip. So, like, I've been doing, going to different trampoline parks. And that has been That's awesome. Fun. I can't wait till I move to New York. We're going to have to hang out. 
I'm so down. They've been. I've also been exploring different bars here, and it's awesome. So I'm in Long Island visiting my parents right now. This is not okay. my apartment. Uh, but yeah, I'm originally from cool. Long Island, and uh, then Manhattan. Awesome. Oh, awesome. Well, we should probably wrap this, but, like, I I feel like we could talk to you for hours. I know. I'm like, we could. That would be a really long episode. We'll just have to have you back on. Yeah. Emily, I'll have you on Instagram. I don't think I have you on Instagram yet. So, wait. Oh, I want to take a picture of us so that way I can put it and tag uh, the podcast. Let's do it. And then I also want to give you guys my uh, celebratory back talk to end this. (laughs) All right. We'll give each other wave on me on three one two three yay are you guys ready for this oh my gosh ah he's gonna do a backflip guys (laughs) oh my gosh this is gonna terrify me where is he if i if i eat shit it's not i'm not gonna eat shit but if i did that'd be kind of funny hey if i did eat shit you could put this you could send this to like bar stool that'd probably be probably get more noise (laughs) all right ready you got this. All right, you got this. Yep. Ready? One, two. Woo! Oh my gosh, <laughs> it's so impressive. Thank you guys so much for having me on the podcast. Yep. It was great getting to meet you, Emily. This is and so Anna. good so to meet you too. To, uh, where, where can, can everyone find you? you? Oh yes, uh, you could find me on Instagram and TikTok at Merce Cash. Merce with an M, like male nurse, at Merce Cash. I'll be posting uh, nursing-related videos, what's it like being a pediatric nurse, and uh, what's it like being a nurse in New York City, and just my adventures in Manhattan. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, everyone Everyone go check him out. (laughs) All right, bye, guys. Awesome. Bye, guys. I feel like we got some good stuff in there. Maybe. This podcast is produced by Emily Richardson and Hannah Quirk. The intro music is by Dan Lemire. Please help us out and rate, review, and subscribe. You can find us on Instagram at drunkordelirious or send us an email at drunkordelirious at gmail.com.